Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. It's been one of those days. Hope it hadn't been for you. Um, welcome. Welcome to my living room, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's a Wednesday night. And it is almost seven o'clock. I hope that you are adjusting to the new school year. Those of you that have little kids going to school, <laughs> what are you still doing awake? Um, yeah, shouldn't you be putting the kids to bed? <laughs> uh, thanks for jumping on. You give everybody just a little bit of time to, to catch up with us here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Got Martha standing by, taking care of me. Uh, oh man, all kind of, uh, all kind of friends already showing up. Uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to see who's watching. Ronnie and Aloha and Jackie and Fanny, Dave B. Kelly, which might be Beth. H. Kelly? I don't know. Maybe both. Uh, of course, Dave Vaughn's already way ahead of us. But, uh, yeah, my, my icebreaker tonight was share your pet peeve uh, or peeves. Um, and uh, I'm going somewhere with that. But if you've got a pet peeve, go ahead and share it with us. I... I did a little bit of Googling like common pet peeves and what I discovered was I agreed with almost all of them and I started kind of depressing really because I started to realize there's all kind of things that kind of drive me crazy. Um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but, um, but yeah, let us know what your pet peeves are and see how many people can, uh, can agree. What well, Dave's was, Sitting in a red light with no traffic. Sitting at a red light with no traffic, yet I bet you sit there at 2 o'clock in the morning until it turns green, don't you? Uh, I do. But I could name someone in my family that doesn't or wouldn't, but I won't name any names. Um, well, don't look at me. I'm not looking at anyone. I'm looking at my notes here. That's Let me share with you. Peeve. She has some pet. Martha has some pet peeves. Driving pet peeves. Some driving pet. There's a lot of driving pet peeves. Let me share with you. I um I looked up like ten or eleven like the most common pet peeves and see which ones that you agree with. I looked Dave at a, Kelly said uh, his pet peeve or people that ask for your pet peeve. <laughs> dun, dun, um. Here's what I found. These came up all the time. Loud chewing. Doesn't bother me. Reagan Thomas. Um, or the all, Thomas family. All of the Thomas family, yeah. Um, chronic lateness. It doesn't bother me. I hate to be late, but I don't really care if somebody else is late. That's um, all the Roberts. All the Roberts family is always chronically late. Um, we shouldn't be calling out people here. We should not name names, Martha. I think that's a mistake. Um, this one does. This is one of my pet peeves. People talking loudly on the phone in public, speaker phones in public. And I've noticed it's almost always old people that are on speaker phone. 
Yeah. I'll pick it up on my way to home, on my way to back to the store. We'll tell them to meet me there. Yeah, that, that I'm like, take it outside somewhere. What? I was trying to think the guy in the movie that was talking in his uh... <laughs> Last time, a year ago, two years ago, Martha and I went to a movie, and the guy sat behind us talking on the speakerphone like the whole time. And I'm like, buddy, come on. Um, um, close talkers. That's a pet peeve of mine. I don't, I don't like space invaders. You now some people get right, right here and they talk and I'm always backing up and like, I, I appreciate my personal space. Don't, don't get in my bubble. Um, here's another pet peeve of mine. That's apparently a pet peeve of a lot of people's unprepared people ordering at fast food restaurants. Yeah. I don't get it. They get to the front to the line and say, um, Oh, number three. I don't know. Can I get that? Um, I'm like, come on, it's McDonald's. It's the same menu for 50 years. Get what you always get. Um, here's a here's one that's this is a pet peeve of Martha's, I think. Slow drivers in the fast lane. No. No? Okay, that, that bothers me a little bit. Mine People is... who don't use their turn signals? Yeah. That's on the list. What's yours? Um when people pull out in front of me and there's no one behind me and that they is, go really slow. That does drive her crazy. When someone pulls out in front of her and there's no one behind her and then they go really slow. Thankfully, you don't get yeah, right up close. You don't get close to them and let them know that, that bothered yeah, you, right? Um, yeah. Um, um, passengers who fiddle with a car driver's radio. Referring to yourself in the third person apparently is a pet peeve to a lot of people. Uh, Tim Stutzman finds no problem with that. Um, popping gum, cap off the toothpaste, dishes in the sink, double dipping, not putting the TV remote back. What? Why are you giving me that? I just listening. Okay. Um, yeah. All those things are pet peeves. Uh, do we have any unusual pet peeves, Martha? Anybody mention uh, anything? They're unusual, but they're I mean, good. Okay. Jim Ingram, loud profanity in public places. Yeah, that's not even a pet peeve. That, that's 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 offensive to me, and it, it always that bothers me. Uh, Travis Steed, people abandoning shopping carts in the parking lot, which we don't. Oh, that, oh no, we don't do that. Yeah, Martha, we cart boys. Martha actually always walks it back up to the store. I'm like, just just put it over there with all the others. No, I'm taking it back to the store. Okay. Cindy Bradley, slow drivers in the last lane. Yes, thank you. Emergency lights on while driving in the rain. Do not do it. <laughs> Mark Stutzman tells me it's illegal. I think he's right. Yeah. Mark's, Mark's got a list. Mark has a list, and I actually so agree. I actually list. agreed with Mark's people who put their registration sticker. Mark Dylan's voice. I agree with him. <laughs> no, I'm not going to agree with that. I thought he knew something about music. Bob Dylan, one of the great singer songwriters in the history. I don't want. I'm. That'll, that'll be nothing but comments got, about Bob Dylan now. He's got so. 13, but this okay. is a good one. Any fan of sports team from Boston? <laughs> yeah. Any fan any of a sports, sports team? team any sports Boston. team from Boston. I'm and, with you on that. Any fan. Any fan. Well, no, it's Boston, man. Come on, it's just Boston, you know. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Dave By the way, what Dave a great Dave time to be a Tampa fan, sports fan, right? The Rays, the Lightning. And the Bucks are getting ready to start playing with like an undefeated season. This is awesome. I'm sorry. What else? Oh, sorry, I was looking. Uh, Dave Vaughn said, "Grammar cops." Grammar cops. Hey, preach a couple sermons. <laughs> you'll, you'll get your 
fill a grammar. And then do your own PowerPoint and you'll find out where the comma is supposed to go. Um, yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, pet peeves, which by the way, is not a pet peeve of mine. Hey, Christy Lord. Good to, good to, good to hear that you're seeing or something. I don't know how to say that, but, um, I ask you that, that question for a reason to, um, Jacqueline said Brad's getting fired up now. <laughs> Uh-oh. See, that's the problem. Jacqueline's fiance is a Boston fan. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. You know, we're just all jealous. You guys have the big payroll and you win all the but everything. And but yeah, but look where Tom Brady's playing now. I wish he was here 10 years ago. But uh yeah. See, I said no, I'm sorry. Um but I asked that question. I get you thinking about pet peeves for now you'll never we'll never reel it back in here. But have you ever wondered what God's pet peeve might be? And I think I think that's a legitimate question. What is it that drives God kind of crazy? What is it that makes God sort of cringe? And I think maybe I know. I think it's when we mistreat other people. I, I think it's when we marginalize other people. I, I think it's when we take advantage of others, when we hold a grudge, when we spread gossip, when we don't help people that need helping. I think it's when, when we don't um, show people the love that God has shown us. I'm convinced that when we mistreat other people, I think it drives God nuts. <laughs> I, 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 think it, I think it makes them cringe. Now, we've been going through this uh, on Wednesday nights. We've just been looking at different things that Jesus said, different lessons that Jesus has taught. And we've been bouncing all around. And I guess I should apologize for that, but I'm not going to because I think anytime you focus on Jesus, there's some blessings to be found for sure. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a month or two ago, we spent a couple weeks in the Sermon on the Mount. I want to bounce back to something that Jesus said. And I want to focus on what he said. It just so happens <laughs> was during the Sermon on the Mount when he said it. But there is a phrase that Jesus uses at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and then he'll use the same phrase at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And the whole sermon, really, for the most part, is sort of bookend between these two usings, using, usings of this phrase. And the first time he says it is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, He's already mentioned the Beatitudes, and he's already kind of had his introduction, I guess. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And the phrase that I'm talking is about, about is that phrase where he says, the law and the prophets. Jesus makes this statement. I don't think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. And then he goes on for the next two and a half, three chapters, and he explains a lot of what the, the law and the prophets were all about. Um, and so much of it is dealing with other people. So much of it is how we treat other people, now, how, the, the, the kind of love and respect that you have for other people. And he's, he's really clear about this. When Jesus is really clear. If you're not compassionate towards other people, you're going to have a problem in your relationship with God. God's going to have a problem with that if you can't show compassion to other people. Remember, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you know, if you want to judge other people, remember, you're going to be judged by the, by the same account that you judge others. 
Um, when you think about forgiving other people, your forgiveness is going to be based on how forgiving you are to other people. Um, anyone who wants to sexually exploit someone else, when Jesus says you might as well start poking out your eye and cutting off your hand, be better to go you know, that way than to, uh, to go into hell with, the, with your whole body. Uh, and he says all the law and all the prophets, this point to this one thing, God loves people. God loves all people. And whenever we get careless, when, when we, when we get careless about how we're treating other people, God notices and God cares. So he begins the Sermon on the Mount with this statement, and then you get to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and he's going to use the same statement, uh, the same statement, the Law and the Prophets. In fact, he's going to sum it all up in just a single sentence, and it's one of the best-known sentences in all of literature. It's one of the best-known, most-loved verses in all of the Bible for, I don't know how long, but a long time, we have called it the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. This is how Jesus says it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. There's that phrase again. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And that phrase really basically bookends the entire Sermon on the Mount. And that's why this phrase is so central to what Jesus said and what he does. It's not just a nice little saying that we put in Hallmark cards or hang on our wall somewhere. It really does kind of sum up the whole deal. Uh, Jesus realizes that the, the people of that day have been uh, treating the Word of God in a very um, poor manner, I guess. Um, Jesus realized people that they had turned the law and the prophets into this legalistic kind of thing where if we can just keep the letter of the law, we don't have to worry so much about the spirit of the law. If we can just turn it all into a bunch of thou shalt nots and thou shalt, and you know, if we can just keep it right by the rules, if we can just check the boxes, then we're okay. In fact, they've sort of deluded themselves into thinking it is possible to please God and not show love and concern and compassion for the very people that God loves. And Jesus says, no, no, you're, you're missing the whole point. He begins by saying, don't think that I've come to abolish what the law and prophets are all about. I've come to fulfill them. And then he, you know, he goes on with this brilliant teaching that we call the Sermon on the Mount. And he talks about our anger and how to use our words wisely. And he talks about our sexuality and he talks about our possessions and, and what we have and how to treat what we have. And he talks about our temptation to judge others. And he just goes on and on and on. And the Sermon on the Mount is so practical and it's so foundationally fundamental I don't know if that's even the right phrase, but to, to what Jesus is teaching because it is so focused on kingdom life. This is what life in the kingdom is going to look like. So he gets to the end of this fantastic sermon. He says, now let me boil it all down into one little 
sentence, one little saying that you know you can kind of take with you, something that you can remember in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. It's a summary of the law and the prophets. You think about the way that you wish people would treat you, and then you treat people that way. You meet someone, you see someone, you're interacting, you think, okay, if I were in that guy's shoes, how would I want to be treated? And Jesus says, then treat them that way. Um, the golden rule really is about what life in the kingdom looks like. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. You know, we've been talking about the, the teachings of Jesus. And I don't have to tell you, sometimes Jesus got pretty deep. And sometimes Jesus' teaching is very um, hard to follow and pretty cerebral. This is not one of those cases. I mean, everybody that heard this understood what Jesus was saying. Nobody walked down off the mountain that day and said, did you hear him say that thing about loving other people and, and treating other people the way you want to be treated? Did you get that? Because I wasn't following him on that. No, we all get it. We all understand it. Everybody understands, do unto others what you would have them do to you. But not everybody puts it into practice, do they? In fact, putting it into practice is a little bit tougher. And the reason is, you know, there's this gap between what we know and what we do. We know what God wants us to do, but well, we have a hard time really carrying it out. Um, so I want to give you some homework for just a couple of days. Uh, everybody should be in kind of a homework mode. With, I don't know if you've got kids or anything at the house, but I want to give you some homework, a challenge. I'm going to challenge you to live the next couple of days with golden rule eyes. Just, just kind of think to yourself. I'm going to challenge you to take some golden rule pauses. When you're interacting with someone, when you have a decision to make, if you could take a half a heartbeat and stop and say, hmm, this is a golden rule moment. I'm having the opportunity here. I get the chance to have a golden rule moment right here in this interaction, right here in this conversation, right here in the decision that I'm getting ready to uh, uh, make. Again, we know this. But most of us don't do this. And I think most of us don't do this because if you're like me, and I think you're probably a little bit like me, we sort of get this, can come to this conclusion that, you know, my life is really all about my life. And I have my wants and my needs and my schedule and my agenda and things that I've got to get done. And everybody else around me, they're just really extras in the movie about me, right? Uh, but here's the challenge. In, in every interaction, work, school, uh, family, you know, starting tonight, church, church, <laughs> yeah, church. Uh, take a golden rule pause. Just take a pause. Notice another person. You know you're about to interact with somebody. Just, hmm, what's your story? What's he need right now? I wonder what his dreams are. Think, what if I were standing in that guy's shoes? How would I want to be treated right now? 
Because that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Right now, if I was if I were about to be answered by me, how would I want me to answer? How can I treat that person in a way that carries out the golden rule? And what you're doing really is opening some doors to show people the love of Jesus. Now, it doesn't have to be some giant thing. Sometimes a golden rule moment involves a smile. Don't you love it when somebody, some stranger just smiles at you? Your cart's almost bumped at Publix and you know, she kind of smiles and, you know, yeah, that's a golden rule moment. Or the, a thank you. Um, man, there's just so many ways to, to kind of do for someone else the, you know, the way I would like somebody to, to respond to me. And this whole idea, it's not some box that we check off. It is this kind of nonstop spiritual adventure that we're undertaking. You know, there's, there's, there's all these uh, opportunities. There's all these chances to, to share and show the golden rule with people. And I know you're thinking, yeah, if it were that easy, everyone would do it. And you're probably thinking, that's right, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do it with everybody because some people are kind of difficult. Now, some people are very difficult to, to love and to connect with. Uh, you know, I know people that, that aren't making this golden rule moment very easy for me. So I want you to think of something along these lines. And I have no idea if this is going to work for you or not. Um, I know that some of you like to shop. Um, I do not like to shop really for anything, um, especially clothes. Every now and then somebody says, hey, that's a nice outfit. That's a nice shirt. Where'd you get that? I have no idea. How would I know that? I've never bought a shirt in my life. Uh, my wife buys all my clothes, you know, tell her. But I have gone shopping with my wife, which is not a pet peeve at all. But I have gone but shopping. The concrete does hurt the feet. The concrete hurts my feet. I don't like to stand that long. That's right. Um, but um, I have gone shopping with her long enough to know, often enough to know, that the best deals are usually in that uh, little rack where she always goes that is, you know, clearance, as is. And when it's closed, it's slightly irregular. Martha, Martha loves to shop in the slightly irregular section because that's where all the deals are. And truth in advertising, you know, demands that they tell you these clothes are slightly irregular. And you know what that means, right? That means something's wrong with that shirt. Something's not quite right with that pair of pants. Maybe something's stitched a little bit wrong. Maybe there's a zipper that doesn't quite work. There's a, a button, you know, that doesn't quite fit the buttonhole. We're not going to tell you what it is. We're just going to tell you that something's flawed. It is slightly irregular. You're going to have to find it. And when you find it, and you will find it, don't come whining. Don't come looking for a refund. Don't come complaining because we're telling you right up front, this article of clothing is slightly imperfect. It is as is. Wouldn't it be great if there was truth in advertising when it came to relationships and people? Wouldn't it be sort of interesting and probably in some ways helpful if people wore a, a, a tag you know, on their shirt somewhere and kind of explain themselves to you? You know, slightly bruised self-esteem. I'm looking for somebody to hang out with. I'm looking for a friend. Um, mildly impaired ability to commit. 
emotional black hole that will suck you dry emotionally. Now, would it be great if, if people came with those kind of tags? Uh, would anybody have any friends? Uh, would anybody ever date anyone else again? Anybody ever get married? But here's what I want you to think about. Think about the people in your life. Think about the people who, if you're watching this with a family member, who are in the room with you? The people you go to school with, the people you go to work with, the people you go to church with, the people you interact with. Every single one of those people are slightly imperfect. Every single one. Every single one you sort of have to accept as is. There's a flaw. There's a fault. Now, when I say every single one, I'm including you too, and I'm including me. You know, we are all slightly imperfect. We're all flawed. Um, don't expect perfection. There's a flaw here. There's a fault here. And when you find it, and you will find it, don't be shocked. Because we're all slightly imperfect. We're all flawed. And if you know that going in, it makes this golden rule moment, this golden rule pause a little bit easier because your expectations are gonna change. Now I'm gonna do this for a person and I don't know if it'll be noticed, let alone reciprocated, but I'm gonna do this because that's what Jesus told me to do. I might've told this story um, a year or so ago in a class, but um, I was at Walmart getting gas um, a year or two ago now, and I'm pumping gas, and this older gentleman drives up in a pretty new Cadillac. He gets out, very nice dressed older guy, and I'm at this pump, and he's right on the other side of the island, and he is, uh, I can tell he's having trouble getting his credit card to work, and he goes through it three or four times. I can tell he's getting frustrated, and I think I should go over there and try to help this guy, um, but, you know, a stranger come up and say, give me your credit card, and I'll do this. I don't know about that, but anyhow, I said, um, are you having trouble? Can I help you? And he said, yeah, I keep trying to put my credit card in, but then it keeps, it doesn't accept it. So I said, well, stick it in there again. So he stuck it in. Okay. Pull it out fast. He pulls it out fast. I said, okay, now you got to put your zip code in. And he puts his zip. I keep doing that, but it won't work. I said, well, you got to press the green enter button after that. Oh, okay. I didn't do that. So he presses the green button and you know, the pump comes on. So, okay, I think you're good now. I expected this older professional-looking, well-dressed man to say something like, well, thank you, young man. You've, you know, restored my faith in humanity. Um, how compassionate of you to come. I expected him to say that. Instead, <laughs> he didn't say that. Instead, he starts cussing up a blue streak. I mean, he is just swearing up one side and down the other. Not at me. Um, he's swearing at the, the pump. I mean, he's putting swear words together that I didn't know you could put together. And I'm thinking, whoa, Grandpa, well, take a breath here. You're, you're, you're going to have a heart attack or something. And finally, he quiets down and goes, well, well, thanks for your help. And I shouldn't have said it. I know. And I'm not even sure it registered with him. But I said, no problem. I hope God blesses the rest of your day. And he said a couple of other words with God in them. And, um, you know, I just left him there. But my point is, don't expect everybody that you share a golden rule moment with 
to maybe even recognize it, let alone thank you for it. We don't do things because we're hoping to get some kind of recognition or some kind of points in heaven. We do things because that's what God told us to do. We do things because Jesus says, this is how I want you to live your life. I don't want it to always be about how people are treating you. I want you to be thinking about how you're treating other people. In fact, that's really more important. I want you to be focused on how you're treating other people. And again, the wonderful thing about the golden rule thing is you can do it anytime, anywhere, any place. You don't need a lot of money. You don't need some kind of special training. You don't need, um, you know, um, you don't need anything. You don't need a special job description. In fact, sometimes those things get in the way. You just need to make the decision. I'm going to treat people the way I wish people treated me. And I, I told you to do this for a couple days. Actually, just try it for a day. You say you're going to do it for a week. That eh, you, you give up on that. Just try it for a day. You know how we live our days is how we live our lives, right? You want to start a habit? You got to start somewhere. Just do it for one day. For one day, I'm going to treat people the way I wish that person treated me. And here's what I think you'll find, because I know people that do this. I wish I was one of them, but um, I'm working on it. But I know people who live their lives with, this, with the golden rule kind of is a focus. And they'll tell you, you're going to find more joy. You're going to find more peace. You're going to have more friends. Then you know what to do with. It's just the way it works. Um, by the way, when you when you're thinking about attempting this, it, it's a little bit scary because it sounds sacrificial, doesn't it? It sounds like, oh, I'm going to have to sacrifice everything that I want, and I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get uncomfortable, and I'm going to have to do things, and it's going to be it's going to be hard. But I think it falls right into this law of inversion that Jesus keeps talking about in the kingdom. You know, if, if you want to be first, you want to be last. It's the way it works in the kingdom. You want to be great? Be a servant. It's the way it works in the kingdom. You want to find, you know, the, the kind of uh, fulfilling life that you're looking for, that we're all looking for? Serve other people. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Focus on someone else. Um, you know, let me wrap up by reminding you of kind of a central truth that I think makes this whole golden rule conversation even more powerful. Jesus didn't just give us the golden rule. He didn't just tell us or teach us the golden rule. Jesus lived the golden rule. Jesus was the golden rule. Uh, he says, you want to see what a golden rule life looks like? Look at my life. Then he lived it. He said, you want to see what a golden rule death looks like? Look at the cross. And he goes to the cross and, and dies on the cross for us so that we can have a relationship with the Father. You want to see what a golden rule resurrection looks like? You know, and then he, he comes back from the dead. And he gives us all hope. Um, he didn't just give us the golden rule. He was the golden rule. And he promises, if you let me, if you let me, I will teach you, I will show you, I will nudge you into a way of life that, as counterintuitive as it seems, 
is going to be so incredibly fulfilling. And you just won't be blessed. You'll be a blessing to other people as well. Uh, so think about the people you can interact with. And then pray about it. Ask God. God, today, Thursday. Or you can, I guess it can be 24 hours from now, right? <laughs> and if you actually go out. And if you actually go out. Hey, or if you're in the home with someone, if it's just the two of you, you could have a golden rule moment, right? You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, God, would you help me? Think about that other person. Would you help me really process what's it like to walk in their shoes? What does she want to be said to her right now? What does he hope someone will do for him right now? You know, let the Spirit move you. Let God help you to, 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 to live that life. You know, we don't want to just know better. We want to do better. We want to be better. We want to close that knowing and doing gap. So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus and for the life that he lived and the example that he was, his complete other-centeredness. Uh, centered on you and your will and centered on uh, the people that he met and focused on us as well and the sacrifice that he made for us. Uh, I pray, Father, that, uh, that for a day you would help us to be focused on how we can treat other people and how we can bless other people. And then we'll just see what you do with that. Thank you for your patience with us. And thank you for that unending love. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Hey, a um, couple announcements, a couple updates. Let's see. First, you got anything, Martha, that I, okay. Um, first, we need to, um, I need to remind you that we are meeting uh, together in the building. Those who are comfortable doing that. Socially distanced, masks, the whole bit. Last Sunday was great. Last Sunday was great. Um, it, well, there was certainly room for a few more, but um, we social distanced. We were very careful about all those things, and everybody, you know, we, you all got it. Uh, so thanks. Uh, we are asking that you register, sign up, so we can have the building prepared for how many people are going to be there. And we're asking you to do that by noon tomorrow. Um, I think everyone that has a email address uh, on file should have got an email with that link. It's also on our website. Uh, it's all over the place. If, you, if you're having trouble, if you can't find it, or I'm not sure I'm doing it right, call the office. We'll make sure that your name's on there. Call it before noon tomorrow, but we'll make sure that your name is on there and we're expecting you and uh, looking forward to that. Um, um, tomorrow night, Angie is having another pajama party, Zoom, with the Faith Lane kids. Tomorrow night is your favorite color. I don't know if that's a favorite PJ part, favorite color PJ party. There you go. Seven o'clock, Angie has the Zoom ID numbers on Faith Lane kids. And again, if you can't find it, get in touch with her. But she's been doing that for several weeks, all these creative things to get our kids doing things. It sounds, uh, sounds fun. 
Um, I'll put a little teaser out there. Robbie and Angie are planning another drive-in movie night on the 19th of September. It's for Faith Lane kids and youth group kids and anybody else that wants to come. Um, he told me the movie, but I'm not sure if maybe it's supposed to be a surprise. So I won't announce that yet. But he also, Robbie shared some of the things they were going to be doing there. And it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Not just a movie. Let me put it that way. So September September 19th, it's uh, a Saturday night for um, for everybody. A drive-in movie night. You can tune into the um, on your car radio to get the sound. Cool. Um, Charlene Ingram, we need to keep Charlene in our, our prayers. Uh, had her surgery uh, I saw a report that she was through surgery. In fact, I think she posted she was going to try to be on uh, um, in class tonight, but she might be too drugged up. And then I saw several of you said, go ahead and come on all drugged up and you can say something funny. So, uh, Charlene, um, we're not making light of this at all. We're glad your surgery went well and hope that um, hope you get healing up very quickly. There's also a link on um, BACC members for the Take, take Them a Meal for some meals for the Ingrams while um, while Charlene is recuperating. So uh, sign up for that uh, to get a meal to the Ingrams. Um, congratulations, Caleb and Priscilla. Carl had the baby last week. Uh, little boy and mom and son are doing great. So congratulations, exciting. And I'll mention also that um, it is still always just the right time to get involved in a life group. I know several have started just in the past week or two. Uh, so if you would like to be involved in a life group, there's there are enough that there's a lot of different options and different flavors of life groups going on. Um, if you want to know more about that, you can call the office. You can get in touch with Jim Ingram. He's our deacon over life groups. But um, um, a lot of a lot of availabilities and a lot of options for you. Um, okay. I will see most of you online Sunday for worship service at 10 o'clock. Again, let me stress, uh, while the building is open in a sort of limited capacity, we understand most of you will be joining us online uh, because you just feel safer there, and that's okay. Uh, we're not discouraging that at all. So um, like we've been telling you, just whatever feels best for you at this time, uh, that's what we encourage you to do. But I I'm planning on being together with my church family at 10 o'clock on Sunday, some physically and some online. So looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, go Lightning. And uh, I'll see you and go Rays. And looking forward to the Bucks. And uh, Thursday night. Thursday, NFL starts Thursday night. Uh, yeah, uh, all kind of good stuff going on. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. See ya.